It's on like Donkey Kong. Oh, get it? Get it? Don't, he was don't. an ape. Welcome to the Fish Nerds. It's the show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. Always interesting, usually funny, mostly true. I'm Luke Chammings, owner of Chamo's Lures. Get into it. And here's Dave and Clay. I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. <laughs> and anything is fair game. It's a good bet we're still recovering from a very good St. Patrick's Day. Oh, top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. How was your St. Patrick's Day? Uh, very nice. I just came home and just did what I normally do, which is come uh-huh. home and just chill. Now, do you have Irish heritage? I do not, although my wife is Irish. Oh, so then you, you by, by marriage you do. Yes, by marriage I do, yeah. Yeah, I do not think I have any. Mm. But I, I, you know, I, I, once a year we eat corned beef. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's not actually good. So <laughs> if you have it once a year, you feel like it's good. But if you ate it every day, you'd be like eating like a popper. You know, that's how poor people must eat. Oh, right. You know, just put it in a pot and boil it. Um, <laughs> so we had boiled dinner last night, invited some friends over, and had a fine time, which is why we didn't record last night. Right. Uh, and, uh, and then afterwards, someone said, hey, why don't we have ice cream floats made with Guinness? And I said, yeah, because it sounds good. Oh, God, yeah. maybe. Maybe it yeah. sounds good. Have you ever done it? No. Okay, here's my recommendation. Don't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, we, we had them, and then, uh, you know, I'm cleaning the kitchen. I'm chatting and, you know, hanging out. And then I had to run as fast as I could to the bathroom. Oh, no. And I, and I lost the Guinness, and I lost my corned beef dinner. And my wife got upset with me. So, because, oh. <laughs> you know, when you, when you, and I wasn't drunk or anything, but when you do, but I was, but I drank, it made myself sick. It wasn't like I drank till I was sick, but I made myself sick by drinking. Right. It was just nasty drink. Uh, it tasted good. Mm. But my stomach didn't like it. No. Like, it must expand or something crazy going on. I, you know, it's beer and ice cream are best bad mixes. Yeah. I, 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 you know, root beer float, maybe. Maybe. My kids had that. They didn't puke. No. Well, there you go. So, anyway, that was my Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving. (laughs) My St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, did anything turn green besides your face? Uh, just my face. Mm. Yeah, we mm. didn't. Uh, we didn't do the uh, leprechaun thing. Like, you know, my wife's a kindergarten teacher, mm-hmm. and so we always have like we're inventing extra holiday traditions every year. We've been avoiding. We've avoided the elf on the shelf, which I'm very happy about. Oh yeah, that is very good. But my kids make leprechaun traps every year. <laughs> really? And so yeah, which, which come on. I mean, honestly. So then every year the kids set the traps. And then we have to go like find potatoes and put them in the trap. And what we have to like, yeah, because you know, Irish. And then because the leprechaun plays tricks, and then we got to find like green sprinkles and sprinkle like a footprint path around the uh. trap. And <laughs> it's a whole thing. And I'm like, I don't like more tradition. I don't. I don't want more traditions. Right. I want less. <laughs> You know, like someone once said, you know, Americans, you guys suck because you have no traditions. I'm like, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> like, how great if that was actually true would that be? You know, think about it. It would be great if we didn't have to yeah. worry about all these dumb holidays and things that were just days off. Exactly. Just live your life, have fun, yeah. and skip all the like things you have to do. Yeah, but no, you're, you're out making little, uh, little uh, shamrock uh, footprints. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you you mentioned that I was looking on Facebook. You know how they have trending stuff on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw leprechaun porn, which was trending. Oh. Um, <laughs> Did you click on it? <laughs> well, I thought it was safe enough on uh-huh. Facebook, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Because it's trending and it and it's just a bunch of stories and, and I don't think I get linked back to any of the evil right. links. You, you um, don't think so? I don't know. Anyway, I did clickbait. I did. And apparently that is a, uh, that is a uh, fetish. Okay, so I just Googled it. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, and the star, one of the stars is, uh, her name is Busty Kelly Madison. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh yep. Yeah, this is bad. That's bad. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't actually Google it. I stayed okay. in the, in the Facebook world, which is. Oh, um, do not Google it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the way you should be at. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A bunch of guys with red beards. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you, um. <laughs> You, you, you ever see that commercial Bad Idea Jeans that ran on uh, Saturday Night Live? Uh, no. <laughs> it was a spoof, and it was these uh, designer jeans, and they were called Bad Idea Jeans. It's kind of like Gap Jeans or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just a whole series. It was like a bunch of guys playing basketball, and they'd sit around, and they'd be wearing these, you know, Bad Idea Jeans. And they'd say things like, you know, I was going to wear protection, but I figure when was I going to be back in Haiti? You know, (laughs) stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes, Clay, I think you would be an excellent spokesperson for Bad Idea Jeans. Uh, I I love Bad Ideas. You know, Dave, if you think about it, this whole fish nerds thing started with your bad idea. (laughs) So here I am. I always say, you know, you've said it before. I'm the guy who always says yes. That's true. You're always up for it. You're always for, uh, hey, let's do this. You're in. You're in. All right, let's go. You you know what? You're you're usually in, and then you add to it. Uh, well, because I have to make it worse. Right. You know. <laughs> so uh, you should cut yourself. Yeah. Here's some lemon. Okay. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I'm I'm sorry I brought up the whole leprechaun thing, but it does make the le- leprechaun traps maybe a little more interesting. Uh, way way more interesting. And uh, later on tonight, I'll be googling that same thing again. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> We better get on with the show. F and West. F and West. How how are you guys? We are fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. It's a little wet out here today. Oh, really? It, it was 70 degrees here today. Shut the front door. <laughs> yeah, crazy. it was awesome. I guess your ice fishing days are you, numbered, huh? Limited. Uh, yeah, although Clay went yesterday. <laughs> I did. I did. Where? And I caught fish. Canada? Uh, on a, a well, on a, on a pond called Pea Porridge Pond, and I even caught a chain pickerel. And my friend caught a uh, nice rainbow trout. I don't nice. want to hear about chain pickerel. That's not fair. We don't have those out here, do I, we? I ate uh, smoked trout them. today. You oh. ate them? Yeah, I had some smoked trout from a smokehouse across the bay. Sweet. I was going to save some for James, but I didn't see him around, so yeah, bull. I ate it all. Yes. Yeah, right. You were going to save some. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so the last time we talked, we talked about maybe coming up with some challenges for F and West and you for 
I guess. I don't know what are, what are we called, Clay? Just effing or effing? Effing nerds. Just effing. The gracious hosts. Yeah, absolutely. The gracious hosts. You are the fish nerds. That's right. We're just we're yeah. just the lackeys. Yeah, we had to come up with a flashy name because we are the lackeys. You are the fish nerds. Yep. Oh. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> well, uh, you know, in this show, one of the one of the great things is we're going to show our, you know, we're going to have your piece on that uh, the amazing James when he was out in Hawaii and you two were talking about it. So that that's actually something our listeners can look forward to. Thank you for including the... Uh the definite article in in the front of my name that is my first name. <laughs> so it's very good. Your your parents had great foresight into naming you amazing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Clay and I were talking. We have we have an official challenge for you, and we're going to give. I, I think the challenge is we should give each other like a week or whatever the next time we're going to cycle back to each other to yeah. do. So that seems not much time. <laughs> A week's not much. Let, let's do two weeks. How yeah, about that? Two weeks is good. That sounds good. Yeah, I was thinking two weeks yeah, two to weeks. a month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple a couple I'm, years would be good. We're we're mere yeah. fish nerd lackeys. You guys have a lot of stuff to dig into for your shows. So. Maybe by the time yeah. my kids turn four, we can we yeah. can finish the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it'll be whenever we get to it. How's that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our our challenge to you is we want you to catch, and this is pretty easy. All right. So we expect this to happen probably pretty quick. Like tomorrow. Okay. Um, w- tomorrow. Right. <laughs> we want you, and and you know you got a recorder. Yeah. However you want to re- uh, you know document this, but we want you to catch a fish, any fish, using any part of a banana. That's easy. I'll do that right now. <laughs> What's what's the tide like right now? Is it high tide yet? I just saw a kid feeding a banana to a squirrel outside. I'll just ask him for his banana peel to go feed a fish. I I have a few. I I already have a few ideas. Yeah, what yeah. for challenges or for how to do it? For for accomplishing this. Well, what does well, this mean? Let's, does let's, that, does that mean you guys have to wait? You guys have to do the same thing, right? Well, we could do. How do that we know way, you're not? Let's, how let's, do we know you're talk. not like already? You know, you guys haven't already done this. We well, here, let's talk a little bit about the banana thing first. So okay. the, the theory, so you, as you guys know, it's considered bad luck to bring a banana on a fishing boat. And oh. one of the theories is, is the banana smell gets on your hand or, or on the bait or on the boat and fish um, are repelled by the smell of bananas. Now, oh. if you've ever read the Anarchist Cookbook, so I have another theory. If you ever read the Anarchist <laughs> Cookbook, have you guys read it? No, I've I've so I've perused. Ooh. Okay, so so in the anarchist cookbook, it recommends smoking banana dean, which is uh, banana peels, to get high. Now, so if you were like what? me at nineteen, you had a party. The last is this the part? That, is this the part that Josh read? I think Josh is laughing because he read the same part. Yeah. So uh, you, you at wow. that party, you consumed a box of bananas, forty pounds to be exact, with your friends, and then at the end, you peeled. Uh, the inside of the banana peels, and you dried them, and you tried smoking them, and you realize that smoking banana peels only makes you angry. So we th- we think <laughs> that uh, that the anarchist cookbook is the reason you can't catch a fish on a banana. But your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is to use a bana- piece of banana peel or any piece of banana to catch a fish. So uh, any theories are good, though. Any pe- does it, are we talking just the fruit, or are we talking any part of the plant? Any part. Because there's there's other parts of a banana plant, you know, uh, if you can banana get a tree or a leaf or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. let's stick with the with the with the herb itself. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, with, with okay. The fruiting part of the herb. A lot of people. Dave, did you know bananas are herbs? Well, not a fruit. Not a fruit. <laughs> well, if you're gonna smoke it, I guess it is an herb and not a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple of options of where you do the challenge, and when you're done, it, you get back to us, and then you give us a challenge, and we just trade off that way. Or mm. we could, as you just suggested, share in the challenge and see if we could both do it. I, I don't have an answer to this. I I almost feel like you could do a back and forth and then maybe a team challenge that we both do. I think I think it would be fair to do it both ways because if we just do it that we're challenging each other, it's going to get dangerous. I think I think we'll start getting a little too competitive and we'll start pushing yeah, each other I, a little too I far. Think, I think both teams doing a challenge from time to time is going to keep everybody honest. Yeah, yeah, just to be just to be on the safe side. We need a we need a safe word. <laughs> <laughs> Banana is a good word. I need to clarify something here. A herb is a plant whose stem does not contain any woody tissue. Banana trees are therefore not trees. They are herbaceous plants and should be perhaps called oh. banana herbs. They are an This herb. from your local biology teacher. Yeah, well done, Clay. Yeah. Nice, 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 nice Googling. Thank, Thank you. you, Professor. Yeah. You know it's fact, folks. <laughs> I think from time to time a challenge will arise that maybe only one person can do maybe because of the geographic locations. But I think, I think a challenge like catching fish with a banana, that that's a good, that's a good start. That's a good head to head versus challenge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think reasonable. When I, uh, when I was in college, one of my good friends was a, um, was, it was a hardcore leftist. And whenever I played basketball with him, we always, we never played competitively because yeah, you know, we considered each other, you know, the proletariat. We should be on the same side, right? Because we're we're the people. <laughs> so we would always we would always play the state. There you go. So it was always us against the state. I like it. We had a similar version of Monopoly that was like that. You know, um, how did it work out? It was like we called it socialist Monopoly, where um, everyone had to share in the earnings. So it just went on and on yeah. and on because no one ever won. Well, no one ever wins Monopoly anyway. It's true. It's true. It's just like we yeah. just all shared. It was great. It's the worst yeah, thing we've exactly. ever. So in, in this way, it's it's us, the fish nerd nation, right? Us against you know the the evil empire. So um, uh. <laughs> anyway, I, <laughs> I I think I think if either team catches a fish with a banana, we we call it a win. I agree. All right. So what, what happens if one team catches it and the other doesn't? Group hug. <laughs> Group hug. <laughs> I I think uh I think the winner of any joint challenges gets to call the next challenge. Yes. Okay. So we must have won. So Dave, you you and I must have inherently started off as the winners. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> well, of that's course. a given. Yes. Well, By default, <laughs> considering we introduced ourselves as lackeys. Yes. Yeah. It's only fair. <laughs> but that's not a bad idea. That way, so that way, like you know, the winner gets to pick the opposing teams first challenge then the opposing team can come back at them after that and then we go back into a team challenge team challenge okay now is it fair to pick a challenge that we're already good at like catching a fish on a banana for example well uh, well no i'm, I'm not saying i'm good at that i'm i'm, I'm gonna abstain from answering that question i mean why well it depends we'll have to discuss it on a on a you know 
you know, basis. being a pretty competitive person myself, I don't I don't think a rivalry, a true rivalry is ever going to be formed if we didn't do something like that. Of, of course, both teams would have to push challenges that give one the upper hand. Yeah. Okay, so that enough. you can stick right. it to the other guy. That's true. That's yeah. true. It's only fair to be unfair. And then it makes it all so much sweeter when, when you can actually o- overcome that bias. Exactly. Right? Yeah, like beat that. the odds. Right. Okay. All right. So the first one's a team challenge. Both both teams fish with banana. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Right. Fishing all with right. bananas. There you go. Banana fishing. It's on. It's on. <laughs> It's on like Donkey Kong. Oh, get it? Get it? Don't, he was no. an ape. Oh, banana. <laughs> no? Sorry. <laughs> bananas. We're still on bananas. Sorry. We're still stuck on bananas over here. Uh, so uh, let me just say, too, this, these challenges that we do are always open to the fans. So feel free to chime in on Facebook. Uh, if you're successful in these challenges, let us know. Maybe we'll throw you a little swag. But um, take them up. Do the challenge with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. So they, they can like post that. it on the Fish Nerds. Uh, Facebook page or podcast uh, page. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're Excellent. all going to get shown up. Thanks, Clay. <laughs> well, <you know. laughs> we're, we're all going to lose. <laughs> yeah. Is it correct to the TV? Yeah, to the TV. Oh no, no, no. For, for 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 podcast for radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Fish nerds. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Amazing James. Fish guy Josh. Here we are again, attempting another correspondence piece. Here we go. Um, I take it, judging by the sound of that clip, that uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about your trip to Hawaii. Yeah, and the Honolulu fish auction. Very good. Um, now, I know based on your pre-trip plans and seeing some of your Facebook posts that you were really hoping to make this quite the fish nerd's vacation it it took months of planning i'm not gonna lie so much so in fact yes that i know through my personal connection to you that your wife pulled you aside and reminded you that this was actually a family vacation and in fact not a fishing trip i think i recall hearing that a few times (laughs) so my question to you is how in the heck did you manage to include a trip to the Honolulu fish auction in your, quote, family vacation? Well, I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Pier 38. Here we are. Hi. Can I register? Uh-huh. Cool. I'm going to hold on to this. Awesome. Until you come back with either that or when you bid for a fish. Okay. So we're in a, we're in a house full of tuna, and I'm the only one here not wearing uh, mucker, like mucking boots. I'm wearing my sandals that I came in. Hopefully no one will notice. I'm sure if they do, I'll get kicked out. And here comes a cart of fish going by. These are crazy. This guy doesn't look as fresh. Oh my gosh, that's a shark bite. That is a shark bite out of that tuna. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like there was a lot of cool stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what did you see? Like, what were the sights, sounds? What kind of fish did you see? It was, first of all, it was cold. I had to put my feet in that nice little clean bath, clean water bath. And uh, I was wearing sandals. That was really exciting. <laughs> the coolest thing was that there's just fish everywhere. There were about three rows of pallets just loaded with fish. And stuff anywhere from the size of a mahi to... Uh, a swordfish that was just literally cut in half. It was so big. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Uh, Opa, there were a few uh, machong. I don't even know what those are. 
<laughs> had never seen them before. Uh. And there were lots and lots of tuna, just tons and tons of big eye tuna. And one of the most interesting parts was just the auction itself. <laughs> Didn't pick your fish? Yeah. Which ones are you looking at? No, no, I'm noticing I'm noticing that um, S. Hunt, that's the boat that brought the fish in. Okay. He brought in most of all these fish. Wow. He's looking at several different rows. That's how much that's how much fish that guy brought in. Very cool, very cool. Now, um, what was this S hunt thing this guy's talking about? That was the sea hunt. That was one of the boats that had just filled up the entire place with fish. Oh, okay. So there's a bunch of there's a bunch of boats waiting on the docks, and each one unloads one after another while people are bidding on fish. Seventy thousand pounds every day is like their average. Wow. Today it was probably closer to a hundred thousand because it's the holidays. Hmm. Pretty cool. Wow, that's that's a lot of fish. It is. Yeah, it's the second largest fish auction in the world behind Tokyo. Very cool, very cool. Um, now, more importantly, it is an auction, and I do know that I you like to auctions. participate. Yes, love I know. Auctions. <laughs> so did you actually bid on anything while you were there? I did, I did. I, uh, I got myself a mahi. It was uh, more in my price range. You know, the 115-pound tuna, not so much in my price point, but uh, a little a little seven or eight-pound mahi was. It was cool. All right. Yeah. How, how did the bidding process go? I mean, were you were you in a race with somebody else? Oh, or? yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of guys standing around each pallet as they go down the line, and uh, I literally had to fight my way in. I, and I got knocked out a couple times. They were pushing me out, these, these, these guys. It was, it was pretty intense. It was pretty intense. And wow. so they, they knew I was looking for a fish, and they were actually nice enough to let me have <laughs> they threw the you frozen. A yeah, it was like the crappiest one they had, and they actually let me have a fish for a whopping uh, seventy a pound. Wow. Yeah, not Very bad. good. Not bad. <laughs> right on. Well, um, so, so I heard a guy talking at the end of that clip. So, so who, who, who was that right there you were talking to? That was my new buddy, Chad. So the darker the grade, the better the fish is. And it, it, you, can t- you, can, you can see how much um, oil's in the fish, yeah? So if, it, if it's a little lighter, then it has more fat to it. And, and these are already tagged, so that means they've already been purchased? Yeah, you see, you see it's, a, it's a lot more red. Okay. So that lot of the, they're actually pulling out the quality of the fish. I'm sorry, but that is like a core. That is like a core sample yep, that's of, the, core of sample. the meat. That's correct. That's correct. If you're fishing for one and you want to make sure it's in the best condition possible for sale, what do you what do you do? Don't bring them. Take your time bringing in a fish. Don't don't rush the fish into the boat. Um, you're gonna stress out the fish. So you don't you want to keep the try and keep the blood in the fish. And if it gets exhausted, then the fish actually kind of get they call it they call it um the fish kind of get burnt. Yeah, it kind of gets exhausted. So. So a local fisherman would say the, the fish is burned because we brought it in too too fast. Wow, it uh, it sounds like your buddy Chad really knew what he was talking about. Is he uh, was he like a commercial fisherman there or what? No, man, this is what he and his family do. I mean, I'm sure in the past they probably were into fishing. He even. Um he told me that his uncle, who was with him, used to fish a lot. But it's just gotten to the point where commercial guys have to go out and get stuff. It's a lot of effort to go out there and uh, pick up one fish. When I was out there a few years back, we caught one 115-pound tuna in an eight-hour trip. And, uh, of course, I didn't even get to eat that fish because the captains out there keep them and sell them at the market. So, <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. Um, we're looking for ahis right now. Ahi, okay. How many ahi are you going to get? We maybe we're gonna pick up like maybe three or four wahis. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And this is for our family, this is not for business. We just this is just traditional, you know. Um, the Japanese eat sashimi, so they eat it. They eat fish raw, so it just actually brings in the new year. They believe it. It actually it actually um enhances their their their, new, their year to come. So that's why we they eat um, sashimi. They eat raw fish. Yeah. 
You ever had sashimi, Josh? Uh, I love sashimi. Have you ever had it twitching? Um, not twitching, but I did have the chef cut it right off of the tuna laying there on the big ice table. That was pretty ice cool. table. No, I'm talking like fresh out of the ocean. One time I got the chance to do that. It was pretty insane. I almost upchucked. <laughs> I held back, but I, uh, I probably have no problem with that. I. I, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. I had a good time with it until the guy who was cutting it up for me took his machete and started chopping up the eyeballs <laughs> and the skull and the skeleton. And I just saw like ooze and goo, and I just swallowed uh. a chunk of his fish. Um, <laughs> it was being it was being used for uh, for chum. We were we were going for some deep sea stuff down the Caribbean. But anyway, right on. I digress. Um, <laughs> well, I, I I heard that Chad also hooked you up with a. Uh, a great fish recipe. What was that all about? Yeah. So the big thing is smoked marlin. And, um, uh, yeah, I got to try some at this little restaurant that was right next to the fish auction called Nico's. And, uh, they're really popular for their fish and eggs dish, which I definitely took part mm-hmm. in after this auction. I mean, getting up at three in the morning, you work up an appetite looking at fish, but yeah, he gave me a really nice recipe for what he does when he buys a hundred pound Marlin. Yeah. A lot of people buy the smoked Marlin all here for, I don't know, $7 a pound. And we're here, but we're here picking it up for a dollar fifty a pound. Normally we smoke it and then, um, we make like like fish patties and stuff like that. Yeah. Can you give me your best marlin smoked like smoked marlin recipe? Um, yeah, it's, a te- it's actually a teriyaki sauce. So you got um, soy sauce, um, garlic, ginger, and then um, some pepper flakes. And then we um, we leave it all, we leave it in the refrigerator for about maybe about a day and a half. And then we smoke it for maybe about two three hours. Yeah, like a uh, hundred hundred ten degrees. Um, uh, it's a cold smoke, so it's it really take it keeps the moisture in the fish. Yeah, so you're cooking you're cooking the outside of the fish, and when you and when you cut it up, um, the moisture's still in the fish. Yeah, so moist fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, that was really cool. I'm uh, I think you did your job. I'm actually getting pretty hungry. I, I am too. All right. Well, let's end this piece and uh, go walk over and get some sushi. This is Amazing James. And this is Fish Guy Josh. And, and this, this is, is Evan West. Fish in the news. I love fish in the news. Give me some good stuff this week, Dave. All right. It won't be as good as last week. There's it. it, it last week was a prime. Uh, it's tough to top uh, dildo pond yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. It so, is. Yeah. So, um, but this week, the first one comes from Discovery News. All right. Oh, sure. Reputable news source. Yeah, absolutely. And it's Prozac makes Siamese fighting fish timid. Oh, finally. I know. So you know, as- we're always looking for that way of like making fish timid. <laughs> Well, I I guess I suppose this makes perfect sense. So according to the story, the popular drug fluorexetine, commonly Mm -hmm. sold under the name Prozac, has been detected in aquatic ecosystems worldwide. And now new research shows that Siamese fighting fish exposed to the drug become timid and weak, hurting their chances for survival. Wow. No kidding. Yeah, apparently. So I guess if we're just filling our environment full of these chill out chill out drugs um you know things that have hung their reputation on being you know fighting fish those kind of things yeah they're they're out of luck they're well, like they're like nah fish meh yeah meh 
<laughs> well, you know, it's, I always say if you're going to treat, um, you know, depression or anxiety with med- or ang- anger with medication, you always want to partner that with a little bit of group therapy or some talk therapy. Right. So we need to get these Siamese fish all together to talk it out once, you know. Well, and they're they're assuming that the fighting fish actually don't want to be more timid and weaker. You know, maybe they want to be that. Maybe they've been looking for a way to kind of, you know, control their anger issues. Trying to break out of their stereotypes. Yeah. So, because yeah. Prozac is very useful for people in certain situations, maybe it's sure. equally useful for fish. Maybe. Maybe. Now, are they taking it, the fish are taking it on purpose, I gather? Uh, well, you can only assume that they, yeah, they if they wanted it, they would be swimming in that water that's highest in concentration. So, yeah. Right. So that's where the most... Now, if they're all timid... Does that make them all equals and therefore all have the equal chance of survival? It's like if they're all in the same water with that Prozac. And, <laughs> and if they've got predators, aren't those predators in that same water? So don't you have a bunch of fish just laying around going, yeah, I was going to eat you, but yeah. I'm just feeling so comfortable with myself right now that maybe I'm not going to bother <laughs> with that today. You know? Yeah, I, I think as long as you evenly distribute it, it's probably not a problem at all. All right, so that's the recommendation. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the summary of that. Now we have Fox News Latino. Oh, hola, Dave. Hola, Clay. We're now Fox News Latino. I didn't know Fox News liked Latinos. <laughs> I Apparently like, they do. They're going to, let's build a wall between us and the Latino Fox News. <laughs> And uh, I think you heard a little video start up there. I, I hate these websites that kick off with a video, right? Yeah, it's jerks. Uh, I know. So it was for um, adult diapers. So hmm. Nice. Anyway, uh, Fox News Latino is a thing. And their story is U.S. charity deploying fish to front lines to fight against Zika. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's let me just because I haven't read the story. Right. So Zika virus is spread by I'm guessing mosquitoes. Yes, correct. Okay, so that, that makes sense. You use fish to fight that. Yes. What fish do you think they would use? Uh, tilapia. <laughs> no, goldfish. No, no, no. Common shiners. No. <laughs> no. Uh, trout. No. Rainbow, rainbow no, trout. No. no. They're, they're using a genetically enhanced salmon. <laughs> They're using what, great what white sharks. Oh, damn it. Uh, really? No, they realized, no, <laughs> that would be, oh. that would be I'm, a bad I'm trying, move. I'm just imagining a great white shark swimming around trying to find something to eat, and all around him is mosquito larva, like, ah. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> it's, it's like if, I, if you give me lentils, that's how I feel. Yes. I'm like a great white shark, a great white shark eating, <laughs> eating mosquito larva. <laughs> same, same thing. Just never full. Yeah. Um, oh, no. I'm so hungry. <laughs> All right. So according to the story, I'll just read it here. The Zika virus is spreading around the globe, becoming a major health crisis. And now mm-hmm. one humanitarian organization is dis- deploying mosquito-eating fish throughout Central America. A humanitarian organization. Yes. They should be a pescatarian organization. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Op- Operation Blessing International. Blessing, okay. Blessing is a Christian humanitarian organization based in Virginia. Oh, they're they're deploying Jesus fish. They are deploys they are deploying Jesus fish. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh the fish they are deploying are Gambuja. Gambuja. We know wait, we know this fish from something. Where else we've seen this fish? Well, it's I think it's a uh it's in the killifish family, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. Top minnow? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And it's also called a Sambo fish, which sounds Uh-oh. racist to me. I'm not sure. It, it sounds really racist. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but it is Fox News. So, <laughs> um, and so what they're doing is they're deploying it in El Salvador and Mexico. Okay. And it says the fish feast on the larvae of the Andes aegypti mosquitoes, mm-hmm. which are the ones that carry the Zika virus, and also dengue and yellow fever. Well, that's good. Yeah, exactly. So they're just walking around, and they're dropping them in everywhere, in barrels, buckets, old tires. Yeah. Now, I know they were using fish um, after Hurricane Katrina. They were using fish in swimming pools to control mosquito populations. I think these were likely the same, same fish, yeah. Likely, yeah. They must, have, they must know what fish work best. Now, are, now, here's another question. These Sambo fish, are they, or Gambusia, are they native to those areas? Well, or are they creating a second problem? Well, according to, uh, I don't know, the, the fourth or fifth paragraph here, it says, On the front line against Zika in El Salvador, Operation Blessing is operating fish farms, producing indigenous Sambo fish in okay. large numbers. That's cool. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that was my next concern. I was like, okay, if they're not native, <laughs> I see another problem happening. Right. And it says, in Mexico, more than 60 health workers are distributing 10 to 20 Gambusia to every family living in, in the villages. That's going to take a long time. They need more employees. <laughs> They're going to need more employees. What I think is interesting is that there is a bacteria that does just as well, and it's called um, BT, Bacillus thuringiensis, I think. Okay. And um, it's those little uh, mosquito dunks, you know, those little uh, yeah. hockey pucks. Mm-hmm. And you can just drop those in, and you don't have to worry. I'm wondering why they don't use those. And do you think it's because they're doing the Christian fish thing? That's a very good question. Maybe they're, I was going to make some kind of joke, but I have nothing. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make so any sense. Cause maybe, it, maybe it's an access thing or an expense thing, but it seems like it would be cheaper and easier to do the, the drops. Yeah, exactly. Just hand them a bag full of, you know, those little hockey pucks and say, hey, when you get a chance, throw these in the water. Maybe they want a more... I don't know, more organic method, or I have no idea. I don't know, and th- that bacteria only attacks uh, mosquitoes, so it's not like really, it's, yeah, it's not like it's any other kind of problem. <laughs> maybe, maybe no one told them. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, like, I'm working so hard on this fish farm. Oh, you know, I have these little tablets. You can just <laughs> maybe part of their goal is to employ a bunch of people. Oh well, that that uh, could be. You know, it sounds like what they're doing takes a huge amount of manpower. Uh, and so maybe they're keeping all these people in work. Well, and then I suppose you could eat the fish when you're done. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't seem like part of the plan. If they're giving just a couple of fish per family, 20 fish per family, and these well, are little minnows. Yeah, the fish only get about two or three inches. So Yeah, it'd be a lot of fish. It would be. I, I, I'm going to say they're doing it because of the uh, the Jesus fish connection. I'm going to agree with you. Also, it's way more fun. Yeah, it is. And it wouldn't have made fish in the news if they did bacteria. This next news segment is from National Geographic. Oh, Nat Geo. Nat Geo, exactly. Yep, those guys almost hired us once. <laughs> I know, so close. Bastards. <laughs> Bastards. They um, had a shot. <laughs> <laughs> this story is fish can lie and spot liars. Really? That's what it says. And uh, the subtitle is An Electric Fish Inflates Its Size to Neighboring Fish to Reduce Competition and attract mates. Okay, I do that. 
It's easy. <laughs> uh, so as the story goes, when Philip Stoddard eyes the fish in his research tanks, he's not admiring their graceful movements. He's wondering, he is wondering which ones are liars. Mm. Because Stoddard is a biologist and expert in electric fish at, right. the, at the Florida International University in Miami. He studies how fish are deceitful and how other fish detect their fibs. Uh-huh. Yeah. So many animals... I, I never even thought of the word deceitful with fish, but I guess we, we've seen fish act like other fish or pretend to be female or male or whatever, so... Yeah, hmm. and, you know, maybe everything they do, maybe they're just dirty, filthy liars. <laughs> Those damn fish. <laughs> The story goes, many animals communicate through an impressive array of techniques from growling to changing colors to spraying chemicals. Um, so it's unsurprising, Stoddard uh -huh. says, that not all of that communication is honest. And he said, one of the fundamental remaining mysteries of animal communication is how animals know to trust or distrust their fellow creatures. Right. Uh, how, how do they know? How do they know? And I actually know there is a species of firefly, um, mm -hmm. lightning bug, mm -hmm. that mimics the flashes of other bugs. And when the males come down, they eat them. Oh. <laughs> They're just luring them in. Yeah, because each species of uh, firefly have a, their own flash patterns. Yeah. And they just pretend to be one of the other ones, and they fly right to them, and they eat them. Wow. I know. That's crazy. So uh, so he looks at feather knife fish, which is a slim freshwater species from South America. He puts them in plastic tubs on the roof of the building and because uh, there they don't get around the foxes and things that have eaten his research in the past. <laughs> uh, Nothing wrecks a research project like a fox eating it. Yes, that's true. Uh, the eight-inch long nocturnal fish generate weak pulses of electricity to map their environment and communicate with each other. That's pretty cool. That is super cool. These electric signals, which sound like raspy motorbike engine when played through the speakers attached to Stoddard's tank, give other fish an idea of the size of the broadcasting fish. The bigger the fish can send stronger signals. Wow. Yeah. So then it goes on to say he did this experiment where he had females and males together and he gave them worms and things. And then he recorded how they how their electronic you know, communication was going and they okay. would basically lie. So they were, Are they uh, pretending they're not getting much food. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah, hey, you know, don't don't come over here. It, it sucks. Don't don't come it's over here. Awful. There's no food here, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm small and weak and hungry. Yeah. So so way smarter than seagulls. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Way smarter. Yeah, than seagulls is always like, hey, there's food here, you guys. <laughs> and then they fight over it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah so there you go feather knife fish they wow. th they're communicating through electricity so perfect i know what a great name for a fish it is a great name for a fish the only problem with it is that during thunderstorms it must just be like somebody yelling oh my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up <laughs> for god's sake man <laughs> just trying to eat i know but there you go that's fish in the news that's good news Doctor is in. Dr. Erica Martin is with us today. Doc, hey. how are you? 
I'm doing wonderfully. How are you doing? Wonderfully. That That's kind of a boring uh, adjective. Oh. I know, I used jazz hands the other time. That was that was much more exciting. I know. All right, we'll stick with wonderfully. <laughs> Aw. Uh, I'll, right. I'll, I'll Google more adjectives for the next time. Okay, good. <laughs> um, what, what fish do you have this time? Okay, so another fan recommendation. Oh, good, good. With a exact scientific name. Oh, really? And the scientific name is... It, I mean, there's a lot of great scientific names for fish, or, or animals in general. Scientists have a lot of fun. But this one just suits the fish. Oh. So, so the, the common name is the black scabbard fish. Okay. Okay. And um, it's marine, and the scientific name is Aphinopus carbo. <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, I'm going to describe the fish and then describe the name. So the fish is, it lives deep in the ocean, Mm -hmm. and it looks kind of like an eel. It's not an eel, but it looks like an eel. And it's got its head, and then it slowly tapers to the tail. All right. So 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 it looks kind of like a big comma, sort of. Or not even a comma, but a, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's, you know, like a whip, I guess. Okay. You know, but it's got and it's got big eyes, and then its mouth is very large and kind of pointy, full of really sharp teeth. Oh, okay. So it looks like it came from your nightmare. <laughs> that's and, what it looks like. And what's the name of this fish? Uh, the black scabbard fish. So that's S C A B B A R D fish. I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> but the so the um, scientific name, uh, Aphanopus. So the afan means unseen and invisible. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. And the carbo uh, translates to coal. So it's this coal black. It's got an iridescent sheen, and it makes it kind of invisible. And it's got these giant teeth and big eyes, and it's just buzzing around the ocean. Oh, the they dark. look creepy. Super creepy. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Awesome fan recommendation. This one's ridiculous looking, and it's great. <laughs> um, so it is—it's uh, out in the ocean. It's kind of—it's kind of deep. We call it in the uh, bathypelagic zone. Okay. So it's not in the abyss. Uh, it's above that, but most light uh, doesn't get down there. Some does, but pretty much you're you're in the dark at this point. All right. So the bathypelagic. So that—that's mm-hmm. just below the showery pelagic, or the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the mesopelagic, but I like showery pelagic better for okay, the record. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that joke as is. All right. <laughs> okay, and these guys are are pretty much um, not quite the equator. They don't quite get down that far south, mm. um, and then they go up up north into um, just almost into the Arctic, but but not quite. Oh, okay. And so. is it um, are they Atlantic or Pacific? They are Atlantic. Oh, okay. All right. So we have them off our coast. Yep. Huh. Okay. You would, and you can go line fishing for them. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, oh, they're so bizarre looking. And so, in, so the pelvic fins in juveniles are just represented by a single spine. And then as they transition from juveniles to adults, that just goes away. So they have no pelvic fins as adults. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And if you were to catch this fish and you would open up its mouth, the inside of the mouth and the gill cavities are also black. 
Ooh, creepy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like, you know, a creepy, eely nightmare. It really is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they do reproduce. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a good quality good. in an animal. <laughs> um, and they do have pelagic drifting eggs. So this planktonic kind of oh, yeah. uh, life cycle where the, the eggs are kind of semi-buoyant. They kind of float around and drift with plankton while the larvae develop. Yeah, okay. Um, well, the there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fish that do that, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Lots and lots of fish. Not only marine fish, but freshwater fish also. Oh, I didn't know that. Actually, uh, one of my, uh, well, not colleagues any, well, I guess he's a colleague. We went to graduate school together, and he works in Tennessee, I believe. And he did a lot of his dissertation work on freshwater pelagic spawning fishes. You can can find them right here in Kansas, it turns out. Okay. Well, maybe another fish nerd's minute on that one. (laughs) Add it to the list. Add it to the list. Um, (laughs) But the juveniles, um, they feed and grow for a few years, kind of more in the southern areas, uh, the Faroe Islands and west of the British Isles. Uh-huh. And then they will move south towards mainland Portugal and then even farther south to where the spawning areas are. Oh, As, so. okay. All right. Yep. Um, and it turns out that, well, with these big giant teeth, you can imagine they are predators. Mm-hmm. So while they're in, while they're taking a bath in the bathypelagic zone, mm-hmm. they are eating things like crustaceans and cephalopods and a lot of other fishes, mostly other fishes. Yeah, because they have those kind of canine kind of teeth, right? The the conical yeah. pointy things. Yeah, pointy things. They're good. They attach and they do not let go. Right, and yeah, I, I always consider any time an animal, aquatic animal, has those pointy teeth, they're they're grabbing onto slimy fish. Mm-hmm. Delicious, delicious, slimy Del- fish. Delicious, right. <laughs> so um, as they reproduce, though, most of um, other fish that would be closely related to this guy tend to develop a little bit faster. But the black scabbard fish has a slow growth rate. So you can imagine that that has a lot of consequences if this was a fish food. And it is a fish food. Oh. Like a really, really popular one. Really? Es- yeah, especially in Europe. God. So it's, yeah. How do they eat them? Um, well, there's lots of different ways. I guess they fillet them is one, hmm. um, or or fry. There's a stew that I saw some recipes for. I'm thinking Hugo should check this out. Yeah. Because it's a, a bizarre fish that would, I, I can't imagine what it would taste like. Well, Hugo <laughs> will try it. If it's out there, he'll try it. Okay. But apparently it has a huge market value and is uh, very typical in the Southern European diet. Huh. Okay. However, uh oh, there's always a a however with you. There's there's two howevers with this. Oh, okay. So the first, however, is because of their slow growth, they tend to have presence of those toxic metals like lead, mercury, and cadmium, which Mm. not good. Even in small quantities, those can can not be good for people. We could die from that. All right. So So, that's a thing. Yeah. If you do eat it. Just be aware and don't eat it all the time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Okay. All right. All right. Um, it's a, the, uh, the World Health Organization um, and uh, Food and Ag Organization said that you can eat it. The liver will process some of that stuff. So there's no real health, li- health risks as long as you're eating it in moderation. 
So um, I always call these kind of fish old people fish. So like <laughs> old people should eat them because something else is going to kill the old people. Um, there you go. Yeah. So you might as well eat all the toxic fish you want because, go, you know, you're going to die. Go big or go home. Right. Exactly. So. You bet. Old people fish. Um, however, maybe not an old people fish. Oh, no. <laughs> because it's also an incredibly suitable host for the parasite known as Anisakis. Oh, what does that do? So that is a parasitic nematode. And they they can infect humans. Typically, um, it's when you eat raw or undercooked fish. Yeah. So probably don't put this in a sushi is what I would say. Yeah, not a good um, Wow. Ugh, okay. Yeah, so usually it's in a filet. You eat it. You don't know. And it goes um, into your intestines. And within a few hours of ingestion, this little parasitic worm, little nematode, will try to burrow through your intestinal wall. <sighs> but – you're you're a person it can't do that for you so it just gets stuck and then it dies and so this presence in that intestinal wall triggers an immune response and so it the cells kind of surround the worm or or worms probably you'll have more than one um and you have little ball-like structures and that will end up blocking your digestive system causing really severe abdominal pain could be malnutrition vomiting occasionally if you eat them you can uh, um and if they're in the upper part of your gut you can actually regurgitate them If the larvae pass into the large intestine or bowel, a severe response may also occur, um, and that'll actually mimic symptoms of severe Crohn's disease. Oh. So, if you eat the black scabbard fish, make sure you thoroughly cook the black (laughs) scabbard fish. No kidding. Wow. I'm not so. sure I need to eat a black scabbard. <laughs> but this is great. So, the, I mean, they are big, they're a huge market thing in, in Europe and actually so big that when I went on, uh, I was looking at scientific literature, besides kind of eight, using otoliths to age these guys and get an idea of um, the frequency, um, length, frequency, yeah, age yeah. distribution, I found numerous scientific articles on the chemical composition and nutritional value of scabbard fish cooked in different ways. Oh. And I I have that article. Um, I did save it as a PDF. So since I get it for free because I'm university, I'm going to make sure that I email it to you and you can post it. And it's it's just – it's great because they did. They just took – black scabbard fish and then they did raw and fried and grilled and then they tested them um, for amino acids and lysine and fatty acids and all these other different things potassium phosphorus um, to see how cooking in in different ways affected its nutritional content since it's such an important food fish in europe wow wow well the raw would be good (laughs) because you'd have extra protein with all the worms (laughs) Man. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, how old do these things get? Because you were saying they, they're kind of, um, they have a slow growth rate, right? Yeah. So they, well, a relatively slow growth rate, just relative to um, species that would be closely related. Mm. So these guys, um, they only lived about 12 or 14 years. No, but still, that's that's pretty old for like a big pelagic fish. Um, 
or not a big one, but you know, like that medium sized kind, um, is that typically when there's a, a long lived fish or one that takes a while to get to maturity, fisheries kind of beat those up. How's the fishery for these? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now, uh, unfortunately, um, they are, well, they're mainly captured, um, in mixed trawl fisheries with mm-hmm. other deep water species and they are highly vulnerable to overfishing, but, um, my research recovered nothing on anyone actually looking into how that's damaging their population. Mm. So given that they are a slow grower, we don't know much about their actual reproductive cycle and survival of eggs, juveniles, and things like that, mm. um, which all signs point to bad, but no one's actually looked at it to see where it's at. Well, if you don't look, you don't you don't find the news. So yeah. <laughs> maybe that's where they're at. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure if someone actually did a study, uh, if it was in depth enough, probably would have to take it off the market. Would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, that's usually yeah. It seems to be the case, doesn't it? Um, yeah, all slow growing species, man. They just hit them hard. Yeah, it really does. It just pulls them too much. But um, all right, well that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there lot with that black scabbard fish. Wow, that's amazing. And everyone should just Google it and and just enjoy how scary it looks. <laughs> yeah, they they really look. They sort of have a uh, the head part kind of has a pike slash barracuda look to it. Yes, and those big ugly teeth. Yeah, and those eyes are ginormous. Yeah, and that's for seeing to get as much light as they can since they live in somewhere that's so dark. So wait, so did you get a PhD to know that eyes are for seeing? <laughs> it's just one of the perks <laughs> wow okay well that's good uh, eyes are for seeing i'm writing that well, down the bigger so they can have more surface area of light come on man <laughs> I know. i'm just busting your chops um but you did yeah obviously that's awesome so um well thank, yeah yeah i know dave yeah <laughs> so black scabberfish awesome once again you doc you've done it again delivered a great fish in-depth fishing thing or fish thing well i just keep getting great recommendations oh there you go and if listeners have a recommendation go to our facebook page and put them on there and doc will add them to the list you got it that is it that's it you've listened to a couple of nerds when you should have been fishing We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that middle-aged guys do. If you would like to support the Fish Nerds, and you should, go to patreon.com and give us a dollar a show. Four bucks a month. Help us keep some wind in our sails. <laughs> and a special thanks to FN West. Oh, yeah. That is the amazing James and Fish Guy Josh. You can find those guys on Instagram. The amazing James is uh, Fish Friend James on Instagram, and Josh is Fish Guy Josh on Instagram. Yeah, very good yeah. stuff. We're going to hear more and more from those guys. Yeah, for sure. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerd. Spawn early and often. Avoid free lunches with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. You know, we forgot to thank Doc Martin. You know, I didn't, but you did. Oh, did I interrupt you? Yes, because I was all ready to go. And special thanks to Doc Martin for doing another great segment for the fish nerds but no no you had to go ahead and end it i was saving the best for last yeah that's that's nice (laughs) nice